Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. It's Michelle Lightworker here and welcome to another Enlightened Conversation. Today I have a fantastic opportunity to reconnect with Jake Cooper. Um, we connected last year and spent some time speaking about his near-death experience, and which I'd love you to all hear today. Um, Jake, Jake is actually um, someone who I really admire because he's really taking hold of an opportunity to share his message of his near-death experience to help enlightened people to prepare them um, for their own enlightenment journey. He's also uh, a qualified mental health counsellor and a he runs mindfulness workshops. He's also a certified hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and this is all good fodder for after he's prepped everyone to go out there into their enlightenment journey to give them the uh, the, the, the tools required to help them be those beautiful foot soldiers of spiritual enlightenment. So welcome, Jacob. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. Such a pleasure to be here. I know we last did a show, when was it? Over the summertime, I believe. And yeah. here we are, well, in the summertime in New York, and here we are in the dead of winter. I'm supposed to summer by you. So it's a nice role reversal. And uh, you know, it's a, it's a great time as always to join you and, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the program. I know it's been a long time planning and here we are. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, I, originally I thought, how am I going to fit all the people onto this show that I, that I admire and, and that I've already connected with that I want to reconnect with in a different way? Because when I was, when I'd been doing interviews and things like that in the past, it was, a very short amount of time and it didn't give me really the opportunity to, to, to breathe out and to really dive into what I would have loved to have perhaps explored um, that, that would come through, like I say, creating that space mm. uh, for it to drop through and, and to really give us some good fodder for, for ourselves and also for everybody else to, to chew the enlightenment fat. So um, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the fact that we've got that space to do that today. No, it's that's terrific. I know last time it was a bit shorter, but you know, you know, time is of the essence. But now, you know, we have a lot more freedom and time to really, you know, divulge into many different, uh, you know, areas in the field. I think it's wonderful, and you know, I'm sure the viewers are going to get a lot out of it. I'm looking forward to to our program here today. Yeah, I am. I, I love that you um, that you've had this experience of of your near death experience when you were little. And you're, not only are you in mental health, but then you're also weaving, you've got Reiki and you've got hypnotherapy and you've got your um, uh, mindfulness training and you, you're, you're a weaver of sorts of, of modalities together. It feels to me like you, you're allowing yourself to be ex expansive, like in the mainstream. But I, I really admire that because I feel that that's, for me, it's it's role modelling the new normal, like what what mental health really means, and not just a clinical level of it. Mm -hmm. Well, the way I see it is healing from the ground up. Um, 
you know, the mental health aspect really allows me to understand, you know, people from a grounded perspective and um, dealing with relationships, dealing with life transitions. I also work, you know, in, in the field of substance abuse as well with addictions. And that is a little bit of a higher field, you know, a lot of 12 steps uh, programs really incorporate God and, you know, letting go and stuff like that. Uh, you know, so for me, in order, in order for me to be this rock star that I desire to be, uh, <laughs> um, you know, as a young guy, I recognize the value in, uh, you know, starting from the ground up and knowing the ABCs before I do some of the higher stuff. But for me, it was topsy-turvy. I started off with the higher stuff and then I had to learn to decompress uh, and to really ground myself and to live that Turian uh, lifestyle that I was destined to live as, as we both are. Yes. Um, so that to me is, is, is the test and the challenge. And, uh, you know, I hope to slowly but surely really come into this form and to allow others to really, uh, you know, do it, you know, you know, a, you know, after I've really, you know, have, have, have been there, but, uh, in order for me to be this healer, I really need to understand all those, you know, I need to live the, the human life, you know, I need to. Yeah go from the ground up. So it's, it's a role reversal from being a young guy, you know, from the way that I lived, but it's, it's going well. Yeah. It's so funny because like, I, I kind of had, I had a near death experience when I was five too, but I didn't die. Mm. And I, you know, I, I drowned in a pool and then I was rescued. And mm. I came out of that feeling like I couldn't trust anyone to really take care of me. You know, you could, you could take you could take it the other way as that oh thank God someone saved me, and so it's interesting how we take near death experiences all those you know those those moments of traumas in our lives where we're close to death, and so for me it was I can't rely on anyone I have to take care of myself, um, you know the, that was followed up my reality was followed up by mum working nights not at home when I was little had to, to right. you know had to be there on my own. Um, you know, what we call a latchkey kid, I think it's called. And it's that you just, you make your way into your own home. No one's ever there for you um, mm. to open the door. You know, if you lose your key, you're climbing through the window, which is upper story. That kind of, that's the kind of existence I had. Mm. Um, and it's kind of interesting. I, I'm fascinated because I'm a Taurine too. And my, my early years were highly um, organised and, well, for me, because I lived in a chaotic home. So I, 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 I came into being an extraordinarily highly independent and organised being. And I've had to unlearn a lot of all that to let go mm -hmm. to allow the spiritual stuff to come through. In fact, just to let you know, it was in 2005 when I'd actually taken time off that, that oh. all my stuff kicked off wow. in a big way. And I'd been a counsellor for at that time, clinical counsellor for many years and also a counsellor for specialising in multi-addictions for about five years. So our journeys, I'm really quite intrigued about how our journeys are kind of similar but different. Yeah, well, di different is what makes it special, you know, and, and makes it unique. But you're right, there's a tremendous amount of parallels between me and you. I know we have different, different, uh, similar type of eyes as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but, um, what, I, what I'll say is that uh, with the NDE um, and, and this whole community, you know, people will come to you and I'm sure you've had it where they think, oh, you've seen it all. 
So now you kind of get it. What they don't understand is, um, you know, the traumatic aspect to it, uh, especially, you know, being a young age. And uh, I think, you know, when, when we're so wired, you know, attachment to others and guaranteeing our mothers right there or caregivers, you know, right next to us and having that, uh, you know, broken, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's a real trauma. And that's, you know, that really reconstructs our worldviews. You know, our worldviews are very much based on our first couple of years. So, um, you know, I think, you know, what I'm doing going forward is I'm trying to really get involved with a lot of networking in terms of yeah. individuals who've had near-death experiences, because I think, first of all, it's fascinating, it's healing, but also, you know, going forward, you know, I think that's the next step, you know, in terms of counseling, almost to like specialize, you know, in spiritual type traumas where, you know, you had a, if it was NDE or something like that, or, um, and you're looking for that, you know, kind of spiritual guidance, um, you know, from the ground up, I think that's, that's a real, you know, down the line, down the road step, but first we have to get the licensure boards to really, you know, be, you know, be, 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 be in one with that, but it will take time. Uh, but I, but I think that that traumatic aspect is something uniform on anyone who's, who's had it in. Um, you know, I just wish as a young kid that I had someone to talk to uh, that could understand. And I had to live for about 15 years with that and not really um, understanding what exactly I had, what it was. Um, thank God for literature. I was able to pick up a couple of books uh, one of them was Embraced by the Light by a woman by the name of Betty Eady. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing it right, but she wrote one of the most groundbreaking near-death experience book. Uh, and for me, once I picked that up, it was, everything just opened up and clicked. It was a real diagnosis, you know, much like clients, wow. will, you know, if, 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 you know, if they're given a diagnosis and I think diagnosis has its positives and you know, negatives, it could be limiting as well. Uh, but it allows you to be comfortable, uh, and it and it really, you know, we really are a tangible society. We like to define things. So um, I think that diagnosis of NDE is great, and that's become a popular type term. And you know, I think across professionals, you know, everyone knows it by now. So I just wish someone told me that that's what it was. I, I had no idea what to label it as. I just thought it was, I don't know. <laughs> it was just this dark secret that I had inside of me. Uh, that I thought that a lot of people had, and they do, but um, it's a very rare company when you think about it, of people who've actually have had near-death experiences. Um, I don't know the statistics of it, but it's it's rare, you know, but they're out there. And just so, and so that people know, just the, that NDE means near-death experience, just to yeah. state the obvious, but we want to make sure that you all kind of are following what we're talking about. And um, do you want to expand just a little bit for people and then they can actually uh, hear a little bit about your story around what happened for you and, and then oh, put that in context. Absolutely. I apologize for not uh, clarifying near-death experience. I know yes. uh, for us, you know, in this bubble, it's common language, but on outsiders, it's may maybe not yeah. as known. So my, my apologies, but um, um, I know you know, in our discussion, we were talking about discussing this, and you asked me if this is something that I wanted to discuss. And for me, it's it's always a healing when this is put out there in the public for myself and others, because, you know, from the dawning of time, it's man or woman's number one question is, what happens when we die? Um, and, uh, you know, I've had very clear answers to that, uh, you know, from a very young age, as I do think we all do, 
Um, I think everyone has a firm understanding in their subconscious mind of what happens in the hereafter. It's a knowing. Uh, when, you, when you look at pets, for instance, uh, they'll go into the corner of the room and they'll kind of know exactly what's happening on a spiritual basis because when they're attuned. Um, and we, when you talk to some people in hospice, they're really, their understanding of what's transpiring to them, it's familiar. And you say it's familiar, that would mean that you've been here before. So past lives are very real and authentic. Uh, but from my near-death experience, I suffocated. I had something that was called whipping cough, which was an endless, unstoppable cough that just progressively got worse and worse. And I wasn't diagnosed with it. I didn't know what it was. I caught it from a next door neighbor. And then my brother also had it at the same time. Uh, but I went to a, t a park and I tried to go down the slide and I literally suffocated every organ and thing in my body to shut down one step at a time. And I was in the last part of my being, which was my brain. And I saw inside of my brain, I saw the interesting parts and I knew the brain instantaneously. And that just literally snapped in half. And after that, um, you name it, I saw it, you know, from spiritual guides to thousands of angels to, um, you know, family members within my soul family inner circle. Um, I really had cross consciousness to a full uh, degree. Um, I saw a lot of archangels as well. So, and I was able to look in the, you know, my own Akashic records and I saw a lot of previous lifetimes and people who, you know, went into those lifetimes and I kind of made sense of why this was happening in here and now. So um, it was, are you okay? <laughs> it was quite cool. Yeah, I, just, and, uh, I just had to mute myself because I had to sneeze. So <laughs> there's something, obviously wow. a lot of energy around that. I, I can feel it and it's well, all coming through me. So I, I, anyway, yeah, well. <laughs> I know that you're not allergic to near-death experiences having had one yourself, so <laughs> it must be the allergies. But for someone who didn't, I would suspect maybe maybe it's overwhelming. Uh, well, but, usually uh, they say they say usually when you sneeze, it's true. So if that's anything to go okay. by, it was a whopper of a sneeze. So <laughs> validating your story, but <laughs> not that you need that. But. Oh, no, no, I, I wouldn't make this up. This is something that... Uh, you know, yeah. I wouldn't wish on anyone for the trauma aspect of it. I'm thankful for for what transpired, but at the same token, it's not easy to live with such a trauma, you know, su suffocating at such a young age. And then uh, having all these truths uh, full blown, you know, from crossing over to the other side and seeing all its dimensions and then going back to this life in, you know, in preschool and kindergarten and trying to just you know, go there and play in the football game or go in the school. It's, it's crazy. You know, it's like a wild weekend times 10. And then you're asked to go to school on Monday. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, what's it called? It's being on ayahuasca for about a week or two and then being asked to go to school. I'm like, and then no one knew what to make of it, you know, you know, so I woke up and I, you know, I understood also the, the law of attraction and the power, you know, of our thoughts from that experience and how we, have a decision and a part in staying here or going within this lifetime and how we are really a part of the designing, you know, aspect within this lifetime as, you know, I had the option of staying or going within this lifetime and, you know, the power of choice uh, that's really there within this lifetime and everything is collaborative, you know, in the team effort when you cross over between your spiritual entities, uh, which are your specific guides and then your soul family and then 
you know, angels surrounding you and stuff like that. So it's very collaborative. Uh, but um, I also had a lot of doubts in a sense that I was able to not only see my past, but also my future and the work that I would be doing. So I didn't really believe in that. And the last message that I got spiritually was watch your thoughts because your thoughts become your reality. And with that, it all just kind of dissipated. And I was left woken up on a hospital bed, uh, you know, here on Long Island and highly frustrated because I couldn't uh, fathom or put into words what exactly happened. And it was one of the most frustrating sensations that I've ever had in my life because I saw my mother was right there and I wanted to shake her and just explain, you know, the glory of God and what I just saw and how clear it was. And I couldn't put it into words and I'm still trying to, to this day, but words will never uh, suffice or amount to what uh, happened. They're always, but it's something and it's the most that we can do because we're not yet a telepathic society fully. So uh, words, words do mean something, you know? Yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, if we were going to sit here and have a conversation telepathically, it wouldn't be near, near as entertaining perhaps. Um, you know, it's great. Words are fun. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm really with you. It's, it's, it's hard to capture the essence of those kind of powerful experiences with words. Right. You know, I, I, I was trying to describe, I was, I was lying in bed yesterday morning and I had this surge before dawn of energy and then I was trying to, and, and it was a buzzing feeling and I knew my guides had told me it was a, integrating some base chakra higher frequencies into my base chakra and it was just happening because I'd been consistently operating on a certain level and, mm -hmm. and then I was trying to articulate that after the mm -hmm. fact to my mm -hmm. husband uh, it was a surge and because uh, he works in the electrical industry he's like you know like when a circuit and I was trying to explain it um it's just you had to be there it's 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 you had to, you had to be there to really get it but hopefully the words can capture the energy behind what's happened and I, I can feel it i mean as you're talking i can feel it yeah thank you thank you i you know it's about perception and to me we're a very tangible society if you look at an artist you know every artist starts off with an inspiration and then they draw upon that vision or that imagery of what they see it's never quite exact that way but it's subjective within their own filter uh, the same thing spiritually. Well, we all have these little hits and images and the rest is the footwork process where we, you know, try to put into words or make sense of the seemingly unsensible. And that's the beautiful portraits that we all draw within, you know, our lives based off of a lot of imagery and visions and inspirations that come in within our higher mind or the Godhead mind, whatever you look at it as. But the ultimate beauty is seeing our role, which is, you know, that we're intermediaries between the two worlds. So if we're able to be um, good communicators uh, between the two and, you know, really put out that message, uh, we're really doing our jobs. And even if it's not accurate or as great as we'd like it to be, the perfection lies within the imperfection is we're doing yeah. the great work. So, you know. I, I'm curious, I'm wondering, um, what your favorite, I guess, um, 
if you, you know, when you're in, in doing your work and you're feeling like, oh, I really love it when I'm able to talk to these people or this about this subject, blah, blah, blah. Do you find you have like a, a, a particular kind of uh, person or group of people that you love talking to that really makes you feel like you're in your groove, like this is where, this is where I love to be? You're talking about in my professional work or just outside of uh, being a therapist or? Um, yeah, no, for me, you know, um, I think, you know, just because someone's spiritual doesn't mean that you connect on all levels. A lot of it is the personality aspect to that person. And we think about it, we all have so many different journeys, you know, and there's so many different energies that we have. Um, so for me, it's, it's connecting to that like-minded uh, spiritual individual. I found a couple of those where you kind of look at that person and you just soul brother or soul sister comes to comes to mind, um, you know, and and the inverse of that, you know, uh, when you kind of see someone for being spiritual and they are spiritual, but personality-wise, there's there's a disconnect, and that's okay, you know, because not everyone's going to get you, even if they are spiritual. Um, that's so true. Know, I'm a kooky spiritual person. Like not everybody's kooky like me. Like no. not everybody gets my kooky. I'm no. always laughing at myself or always laughing at how how funny we make life or you know situations. How difficult we make the situations. It's yeah. it's hilarious. And um, you know, not everybody. I think some people uh, are bogged down in the seriousness of thinking that. Yeah, like you were saying, like the perfection of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, life's too short. I mean, I have been there. Hey, I spent half, well, a lot of my life um, in that zone. Um, and perhaps quietly in that zone because I had a, quite a kooky family, like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of laughter and stuff like that amidst the dysfunction. You know, there was a lot of laughter. But at the same time, I think internalised a perfectionistic thing that yeah. I never felt enough you know yeah. but I think for me the biggest healing is yeah I've got to say as I'm asking you this question uh feeling like you can totally be all of you with a person is the bee's knees like you know all the different components of your personality the kooky side the spiritual side yeah that's cool that's really cool I love that too and, you know and I think you know what's very important is to, if you can, honor the family that, that you come from. Because when you think about it, from my experience, um, you know, usually the family that you're, that you're carnated with has a lot of deep-rooted ties. It's not always the case. You know, I'll give you a story. Uh, one day when I was, you know, I had a spiritual mentor when I was 19 or 20 years old, which was my great aunt. She would prescribe to me all the good literature and stuff like that. She was highly advanced. She was about, you know, 80 years old, but she really knew her stuff. So on her deathbed, she was describing to me a picture of my family. And I go, what, what are you talking about? And she goes, you know, have you ever looked at a picture of your family? I go, yeah, I'm the best looking one there. No, <laughs> no. And she said, um, she said, she said, no, seriously. Um, when you look at a picture of a family, you know, some faces and personalities may be different, but if you really look deep into the eyes of the family there's a common thread and a common theme and a common commonality that that's very very deep and goes way back and i sat with that message and i go okay fine and then i was having a reading uh, a year later and this woman says i'm connecting to your aunt she mentioned her name 
And she said, why should you keep on telling me the word picture? Picture, picture. So the picture that she was talking about within the family. So then I knew, you know, that message to me is real. So I think, you know, what's important is really to try to, you know, make most peace with uh, the family that you're in. Because when you graduate this lifetime, you know, these are the actors and actresses that you that you are with. And it's so important to honor, you know, where you come from. You don't have to be nine times out of 10 with every form, you know, but to really step into that energy and to, and to own it. Um, you know, thank God I was blessed to come into a wonderful family. And it took me a certain amount of years to recognize that, you know, because as kids, we all think that we could do it differently or better. And I think you should do it better because you're the next generation. You should take it to that next step. But always keep in mind that your family is, these are deep roots. Um, you know, but also family is very flexible. You know, you could have people that just come into your lifetime who were family or close friends within many different lifetimes. So the biology of family uh, isn't necessarily so important. It's a flexible term of it. Um, and I think, you know, everyone energetically is, is differently wired. And, you know, so many people shy away from that, which is unfortunate, you know, their personalities and who they are to kind of fit that mold. And, Sometimes, you know, that may need to happen if you're on a job or stuff like that. But, you know, clients who come into my office, you know, they'll come in and they'll describe some of that suppression that they had. And we'll, you know, evaluate, you know, is this getting in the way of your job performance? Or is this your biggest ally? And, you know, who are you asked to be at the end of the day when you think about it? You know, were you asked to satisfy that boss? Or were you here to step into you and to step into your own power? So that's the greatest test. You know, that's the greatest accomplishment. That's the real graduation is stepping into you. That's a forever process. Oh, my God. It's so easy, isn't it? And, you know, the thing that's coming through for me is about genuine connection and identifying what those genuine connections are. Because you're right. Like, we choose our family. We choose our experiences so we can step into who we really are. And yeah. so even if we're not close with them for whatever reason, because maybe we've outgrown them or we don't resonate with them anymore, we can still have that gratitude and that peace in our heart for our choices because it's helped us to step into where we are. Yeah. And same goes like with work situations, with um, relationship situations. It's like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe our biggest teacher is in the form of an asshole today, you know, but it's still helping us to decide, do I want to step into me or do I want to step away from me and to be someone who I don't want to be? So there's a test for ourselves going on, or not a test as in, oh, I'm being tested, but just an opportunity to step more into who we are all the time. Um, that's part of the reason why I started the show. Like, you know, I had to kind of let go of um, a different way of doing things and really own and step into what I was being guided to do. And I know that it's part of my journey of awakening. I know doing this show is that. It's not, not you could say it's a community service, which it is, but it's also uh, a service for my enlightenment as well. Otherwise, I shouldn't be doing it um, yeah. because why would, what's the point just to, to go, oh, this is something I can do. Um, it's, it has to, I think all those choices have to be authentic, that, you know, we're authentically connecting with our choices, our people, our tribe, our family, what, what we're creating. Um, that's, for me, that's, that's really living. That's really living this life. Yeah, and it's and it's attracting a certain consciousness to come, you know, to your path, you know, via listeners, and um, you know, I think that's the ultimate family that we're that everyone's trying to connect. Is you know, the important aspect is group, and you know, maximizing and finding like a real 
you know, network that doesn't lose sight in the universality of all, you know, things, you know, you know, because that's important, you know, but uh, it's very also important to find an inner circle. And, um, you know, for instance, when I'm speaking, I don't take it personally if, let's say, I have someone from the scientific community coming after me for, you know, all kinds of things about my experience, because I recognize that, uh, you know, when, when you're out there, people will come in your path who are supposed to. And, you know, those that don't want to listen, it's a lot of ways, maybe not for them, or a lot of them protecting defense mechanisms that they have to accept this stuff. So I think a lot of it is so, is recognizing the value of connecting to this whole soul energy, this whole soul wave and within this movement that we all have at, at large. And, you know, thank God, I'm, I'm helpful. I'm thankful that there's many different, you know, paths and energies that people could enter, you know, because otherwise, you know, I couldn't say that people have a real home. You know, to me, home is you could go somewhere and it's a style that fits you and works with you. Uh, yes. and, you may, and you have to make it work with you as well. So to me, that makes the world a lot more of a smaller place. You know, as long as we don't lose sight on, you know, the big values at hand. And uh, yeah. you know, within, within, the mi within the micro, we have the macro. And I think that's important. You know, people could get yeah. stuck in the micro and that's religion to me, so. You know. yeah, I understand what you mean. Um, and I think that like it brings up for me that that whole thing around that where we are living a journey that we're finding out where we, I guess where we resonate probably is the best word right now, because it's like if we can do that and we have peace with that and we're not trying to justify that, even if someone's ch challenging it, like the scientific world, whatever, if we're just at peace with it, it's like, yeah, cool, there's a challenge, there's an interesting observation over there, um, mm -hmm. that perhaps in the paradigm that that person is coming from, that 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 is actually in, in, an interesting question, do you know? Because that would be worth asking. Um, and, and so just to be able to have that level of peace and that level of detachment, because I think when we can do that, we then while we're giving ourselves that permission to completely be at peace with where we resonate, yeah. then we extend that to that person too, instead of judgment or instead of the, you know, um, are you just being a difficult asshole person in the corner of the room? You know, that, you know, cause there's, there's always one usually, you know, in the audience that we could just target with our head and go, yeah. I'll just, you just don't get it. You yeah. know, like we go there, right? Well, what, what I'll say is we, we talk about spiritual evolution, but it's about emotional and psychological evolution as well. I hate to get political, but we look at, um, you know, the last president that we just had. Um, to me, you know, he could be attacked by anyone and he wouldn't take offense to it because he is secure in his own self. And for him, it, does, it doesn't get to him versus the other guy, someone's calling him out, he's going to go back and forth with him. And it's and it's going to get to him, so you know it's about identifying people in society that you want to gravitate to and look up to and cultivate a lot of you know aspects about them. And do you want to be that guy who steps into you, or do you want to be swayed you know very quickly by the winds of the world? You know, so it's about being very grounded, being very solid, and not thinking too you know not taking things too personally and always trying to take the high road, uh, you know, and trying to. I guess being Obama, <laughs> some people <laughs> like him, you know, but to me, that's what life is about is taking that high road um, and, and 
really doing the best possible thing in any situation. And, um, you know, I think that's learned and through your own evolution, it becomes natural and easy to, to do the hard stuff, you know, yeah. play it well, you know. Yeah. And I, I just think that, you know, I think that there, it might even be a slogan. Well, I don't know if it's a slogan in the 12 steps, but I remember it was a slogan somewhere I heard it, it might have been Al-Anon, live and let live. I think that's, is that a 12 step slogan, one of the slogans? It could be. I mean, I'm not too familiar with 12 step. I do more individual. 12 step is more uh, AA, you know, group type stuff. So I, that, so, that sounds about right though. Um, but, yeah. Uh, you, know. Um, you know, if we, if it's kind of interesting, live and let live. Okay. Four words, right? But what it's really saying, it's like live. In other words, what does that mean to you? Which I think you've talked about stepping into you is really living. Yeah. You know, and, and it's kind of the irony, isn't it? You know, one needs to have seen the, the, the expansion of what we're here, we're here for and that we have a choice to be here in order to then truly choose to live, like really live. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that, you know, you your pep talk that you call it, where you're prepping your audience for, you know, the, 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 the stuff that, the, that they, the tools that they can use to walk the journey with the ammunition to go out into the spiritual mm -hmm. battlefield. I feel like that stuff is really inspiring because what it, what it really says is it says, you know what, guys, you don't have to nearly die to get this. You, you, you can actually get this. <laughs> I, I, I did that one. You know, here you go. You're, I'm serving it up for you. We're in the club, you, yeah. Yeah. And, you, you know, you're serving it up to them and saying, well, hey, here it is. You don't have to go through it. But guess what? You can catapult off it and you can actually choose to live. But at the same time, when you choose to do that, there's a component, the universality that you were talking about before, which is that unity factor that we're all connected. So as you choose to live your life, remember that you are also choosing for everyone else to live theirs as well, that you don't have the power and control over everybody else's life. They are self-determined and they can choose to live the life they wish. We definitely don't. And it's funny that you say the word live because we could be human bodies and just going on and living is very broad. Um, you know, it could be, you could really feel that, that life within you. You go for that run and you feel that jest or you feel that, you know, extra, you know, jolt or you could be sitting you know, on your bed and you know feeling so you know it's about trying to tap into life and trying to have life recreate itself you know all the time you know but it's funny that you talk about that connectivity within some of the work that i do um i do a lot of you know meditational workshops and uh, stereotypically a lot of people think that uh, people who meditate are a bit self-centered uh, and that it's all about them and i think that, that has some truth of people who do do that you know, but that wasn't the goal of it. The goal, you know, when you really are uh, connecting and clearing a lot of, you know, stuff that you have, uh, you really are able to be a lot more altruistic uh, and yeah. really are able to connect to the world around you because you really are operating within your energetic bodies, which is very connected, very much so to the all. And I've had a firsthand experience with that when I had my powerful out-of-body experience, when I had that insane enlightenment when I felt that one strand of energy I was out of my body for about three or four weeks energetically I just 
exploded. It was like a Kundalini crazy experience. Uh, saying that I didn't read in a book, but um, you know, I think that that's the goal. You know, when I have my students, is to step into the y'all. And I think you know, clients when they're experiencing depression or anxiety, you know, I think why they have that is because there's a spiritual discord. You know, you're Excellent. not you're not supposed to feel that egocentric or that isolated. Um, and that's a limiting factor. And when you're feeling isolated, no wonder why you don't feel comfortable in a room or comfortable with yourself because you're constantly, you know, focused on yourself versus um, clearing and connecting and then clearing to the broader, you know, you're taking a vacation away from you and you're mindful and you're focused on your surroundings, you know, because at home you're pretty good. So you're able to juggle both and have that balance between the outer and inner, um, you know, dimensions. So that's that's one of my pieces that I really try to hammer home within uh, my workshops. You know, love that. Yeah. I really love that. That's yeah. so perfect, isn't it? And it, and um, it totally sums it up. Um, you know that it's hard to be can't feel connected when you're so focused on. Me, 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 me. And I think that's that's the thing is is the key to the kingdom really is that solid connection to, to the eye, but that's not the full stop at the end of it. It's yeah. a comma. It's yeah. a com there's a comma. Yeah. <laughs> punctuation, universal punctuation. It's a I I realize I am I, comma, mm -hmm. so that I may also see the I in you. That is that is us. That is all. That is we. Yeah. You know, something along those lines. And mm -hmm. it's we're on the journey towards that. I think some people take a need to be in the shadow of that narcissism uh, yeah. disconnect, like yeah. big time, for a while before they they get it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's also part of the journey as well. Yeah. So. And that crosses over to substance abuse as well, because when you think of substance abuse and getting high, to me, that means expansion. And that's really experiencing, experiencing something greater and more than yourself. So, um, you know, I think people have a lot of great spiritual motivations and incentives. I think, you know, their motives are great, you know, but it's just about redirecting and educating a lot of them to experience and understand that, you know, you could be spiritual and have those same exact feelings times about 20 or 30, um, you know, and I've had that where, you know, when I've been out of my body and I've felt everything and it's unlimited what you could feel. I mean, you know, the greatest stoppage is yourself and, and there's a discipline, there's a certain methodology of, you know, balancing your energies and stuff like that. Uh, but, um, you know, it's not the drugs that get you to that point. You're already there. That just opens up and allows you to because you, know, you let it. So, and it's about letting go and learning how to do that. And that's a real discipline. Uh, that's a practice, but that's natural, but we've changed the natural. Uh, we yeah. made it artificial, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, and you're right. I was thinking that the other day, it's kind of funny that you should bring it up. But the whole, the whole thing, when, when you actually look at, uh, I know a lot of people want to disconnect from humanity, mm. all the feelings of humanity by using drugs because they don't want to feel. They don't want to be in their body. They don't want to feel. But 
then at the same time, they're chasing a high to connect to something bigger or to have an expansive feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they're really saying is, using the drugs, is I want to learn how to manage the way I feel um, and develop a relationship with my feelings that's more functional because I'm not coping right now with the fact that I'm feeling yeah. so heavy, heavily or I'm feeling too much. And I want to connect to something bigger than myself so that I can actually feel like I am more uh, uh, empowered, really. You yeah. know, so yeah. it's kind of interesting because, yeah, when you actually take take away the drugs and, and you know and and the other th- the other things that people are using to get that high mm-hmm. and then you connect to something really authentic mm-hmm. it places the need to want to do that because you're not it's like filling the hole in the soul you're not chasing that feeling oh yeah you know and you have a good association with the natural you know and kind of working towards that 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 point you know it's, I think, you know, once that has a good taste in your mouth and you're able to really understand the value of chasing that healthy lifestyle and, you know, understanding that that, you know, and trusting that, you know, once, once you're pursuing that, that you're going to feel good, that's when that self-confidence comes in. You're able to really step into your own toolbox and run after those things versus feeling disempowered and chasing something outside yourself. You know, so it's all about the taste that you have in your mouth. And I know from a hypnotherapist, you know, it's about good association and negative association that we have towards our pursuits. Uh, you know, if we are going to do something and it, and it has in the back of our mind a good association, we're going to be wired to constantly chase that. It's getting that bad taste and that um, negative sensation that will allow us to stop it and redirect our intentions towards another area you know, where we could have that same intention, you know, there, but a different a ch- channel differently, you know. Yeah. And, and do you find too, like different places that you go just in terms of um, being on this planet and the earth and everything like that, that you feel differently in different places too? I, I know for me, I've been to like when traveling, I have been to, you know, say um, a, a certain country or a certain place within Australia or whatever. Mm-hmm. And gone, gee whiz, I really feel like these high vibrational frequencies are more accessible for me here. Mm-hmm. Um, or wow, they've really taken taken something to another level for me. I, I, I experienced that at Uluru, which is Ayers Rock, which is the middle of Australia. Um, for those of you who don't know Australia very well, so it's a really huge, big rock. I'm one of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, you got to get me out there. Oh, my God. Here soon. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, I cried. As soon as the plane, like, touched down, my heart felt like it was just... And I just cried. Like, it was, like, amazing. And I think sometimes on our journey, we underestimate um, that being in certain places of the world really change our energy and our vibration. Uh, So I think travelling, too, is... Even though people might not look at it like meditation, I feel like travelling is for me, um, a bigger kick-ass meditation because it's you're letting go of your head mm-hmm. and you're allowing yourself to just experience a new reality, like physically, completely. Um, and so just curious about that for you. Um, have you experienced that for yourself? I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, traveling is very spiritual if you allow it to because to me, spiritual is coming 
you know, to that blank slate and then recreating life and experiencing life and having it as a newness and as a focus. I think if we're wired, you know, on this hamster wheel that we have, it becomes routine, you know, that's when it becomes stagnant and you're not able to feel as much or taste as much or experience as much. So I think, yes, there is a definitely truth. You know, a lot of areas are higher spiritual vibrational than others from the stratospheres and also from the transmissions of our, uh, you know, elect, you know, electro, well, I think the brain brainwave frequencies definitely affect uh, the land. You know, here I am in New York, it's a very high fast paced society and a lot of people could walk into it and you'll catch yourself, you know, catching their breath and stuff like that. Not all of New York, you know, but Long Island in the city, you go upstate, it's incredible. Uh, it's very spiritual. So a lot of it is, you know, the brain waves that we really omit. You know, it talks about fossil fuels coming out of, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of these you know, things that, that we have in our environment, I'm messing up on the word. So our brains, you know, omit our own energies. So, you know, I think, you know, the more higher spiritually evolved, you know, the brains of different societies and kind of the calmer, more sedated that are in the deeper brainwave states, the, you know, the better you're going to feel. So, I mean, when I, when you go to places with a lot less people, that's why you'll be able to feel that almost like your, your, your breath is probably going to feel a lot deeper. You're going to feel a lot more in tune with your area. And it's, you know, you'll feel that spinning sensation maybe of your energetic centers. Um, so that will be it. But for me, it's funny that you asked that because in about three or four weeks, I'm going to Sedona, Arizona. Uh, on a big oh, I knew it. I just keep saying the desert. Yeah. I'm like, are you going to Sedona? Well, and um, I was going to ask you outright. I got the red shirt to match the red rocks over there. Uh, but I, oh. I, you, you, may, you may be psychic. Who knows? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but um, very, very good pickup, my intuitive friend. No, I'm going to be going there um, in a couple of weeks. I go there kind of on my own. I, was, I just spent the summer there working in a program before I got this new job that I have as a full-time therapist. To me, Sedona is a place that uh, is home. Uh, the West to me is home. You know, in my near-death experience, I was really able to see a lot of past lives, you know, within that region. I don't know if it was Sedona per se, but, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, that kind of region to me is home, very much so. So that's why I kind of go there, you know, and I do plan on living, you know, at West one day. I just have to work out the details of getting my licensure and all that other technical stuff. But it will happen. But yes, I will be in Sedona about three or four weeks. And for anyone who doesn't know about Sedona, I could go all day about it. And I know you know a great deal about it. But in the United States, it is, you know, probably the most spiritually evolved and most powerful, you know, place in, in, that we have to offer. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a place where, uh, it's basically, you know, all vortexes going very quickly uh, in the land, you know, from its uh, alignment, you know, in the stratospheres is very open uh, to metaphysical or spiritual, you know, type healing or big sensations. And the Native Americans who used to go there, you know, they used to point to the ground and they would identify it as very sacred ground and very holy and they would, you know, draw pictures of the vortexes actually and the rocks that we could still find today so Sedona is very very spiritual and very evolved and very healing so much like you had in Australia yeah. they're within pockets on the planet so we have this special type 
places, but all places yeah. have their own, you know, spirituality to them. And sometimes you need to pick yourself up and go somewhere and, and so that you leave your head behind a little bit and, and all the, the constructs of what you think your world is um, and you just need to leave a place and go somewhere. I know I did that when I was 26. I left Sydney, didn't know where I was going, put my, my, my doona and my dog in the car and headed, out, headed up north and I ended up in Byron Bay and I stayed there for two years and it was the best thing I could have done just to just to go, you know what, I'm really not feeling it here. I'm over Sydney. It was a bit like being in New York in a way. Um, and my, I didn't realise it at the time, but my energies were really full. Like I had a lot to process. I'd just finished two-year Steiner education course and, you know, our orientation in anthroposophy with Rudolf Steiner, which is, he's a spiritual scientist. And there was a lot of information that I was integrating. Um, and while I was integrating all that, I really needed to shift energetics and actually that's you know what i moved out of sydney and i'd lived there for 26 years and i moved to byron bay and then two years after i moved up here to the sunshine coast in queensland and i felt like it was more home home for me i've never moved back to sydney i'm 46 this well i'm 47 this year so mm -hmm. it's an amazing thing sometimes when we shift gears and we know we've got to go somewhere that it just everything changes for us um but you know a funny story I've just got to share is that I'm, I'm um, well, we're, we're going to be driving from Colorado down to um, Grand Canyon. And mm -hmm. I said to my hubby, I said, I really want to stop in at Sedona. I just have this feeling to go to, go to Sedona. And oh, um, so, we're, yeah, we're actually going to stay in Sedona. So I'm excited. Mm. I know it's only a little bit, but we're just, I can't wait because when I was in, um, uh, when I was at Uluru, the red dirt, was like ridiculously awesome. And I just, I would just take off my shoes and just go walk about, like we call yeah. it in indigenous um, culture, say let's just go walk about. And we just go take off our shoes and go walk about. And it was just awesome. So yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah, you know, I was about to say, if we're going from Australia all the way to the Grand Canyon, you gotta go to Sedona. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about an hour and a half drive. And I know we'll talk privately about it. I got a couple of, uh, places to check out but I'll definitely send you some pictures on my travels I'm I'm very excited it's going to be my first vacation since starting this job so I can't wait you know yeah I'm so excited for you so apart from that like what's what's coming up for you this year um have you got lots lots that you're are you doing anything that we should know about and how can people find you yeah no absolutely I mean for me this year um, I'm doing a lot, it's, it's a lot of a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. You know, when I first started in April, um, it was mostly just speaking that I was doing. And then that led to radio, like with you, you know, online radio and stuff like that. And now for me, I'm looking at television. I've done already a cable t television show, uh, which, which is big, and I have another one coming up. So the, the television aspect is great. Um, also, another big aspect to what I'm doing is hypnosis. So I'm going to be going into colleges and doing hypnosis for academic success, as well as running mindfulness groups within a couple, two different colleges. One is an osteopathic medicine school, and the other is the school that I went to. It's, they have an undergrad and a graduate program there, so I'm going to be there for a couple of days. And uh, my biggest goal is to... Uh, you know, become a keynote speaker for the International Association for Near-Death Studies. They have a uh, program out in Colorado. 
So I sent out on my application and let's, let's see where it goes. And it's meant to be, it will be. Um, so for me, I have my mindset over there. But, you know, in the meantime, I'm going to be presenting in February, early February, uh, for the Long Island Hypnosis chapter. I'm going to be presenting about my own experiences and how that ties into hypnosis. Um, so early February, I'm going to be speaking at the chapter. Uh, and then, you know, a couple radio shows coming along and um, TV programs. And I'm sure I'm going to have a couple other venues coming along as well. So it's, it's quite interesting. Um, I would really like to get involved in hospice work. I've been trying to get to hospice place to kind of, you know, clear and redefine and uh, the hereafter because, you know, people who are about to lose their loved ones are very uh, out of sorts with what's to happen. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the ultimate healing is to maybe provide uh, something that may give some people deja vu about their own understanding of what's to come. So to me, I'm looking at that. So a couple of different stuff. Uh, but, you know, website wise, I haven't changed my manager. I'm still the same website URL. It's www.jacobstory.com. It's J-A-C-O-B-S-T-O-R-Y.com. And I know I'm also going to be doing an interview with Raul coming up on the show. So we, we're going to, you know, it's going to be quite cool that we're, you know, and we were able to talk and, I'm very excited for what's to come with our show, you know, for the fans and, you know, for people. It's it's going to be great. You know, we had an excellent conversation. So, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, it's, and I'm sure there's going to be a couple other things that happen. So, oh, yeah, you know. absolutely. I, I, I'm excited to watch your journey unfold. Um, and, and uh, you know, it is it is living and it is exciting to sort of, you know, see where where things kind of affect other things and then you look back and go oh wow it's 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 amazing how everything is so connected and um i'm excited for you you know it's so funny i've got to sh i've got to share another connection okay? okay so i you know at the end of last year when when spirit said to me we just want you to book everybody in um i thought how the hell am i going to fit everybody on my show because i had like so many people and i was just like what what is going on and then um it was shown to me today, well, not today, but it was shown to me earlier on this year when I got back to work that it would be, um, we'd be rolling out enlightening conversations instead of once a week, it would be daily. I'm like, okay, um, okay, that's a big game changer. But so I had all these people such as yourself booked in, excited too, like to talk to everybody. Um, and I had no no uh control around oh i'm gonna see that person on that day or that it was nothing like that it was it was just all about just when are people available anyway so i've i've got a few recordings per day and one the, the other recording that i have the other pre-recording that i have today you will not believe this jay it's mm -hmm. with a lady called sharon tregoni and yeah. she's like you know really big in the whole you know death and dying scene and helping people and families and that's her thing and she's like on the board of uh i can't remember all the details of the um she's some kind of um you know representative for different bodies of associations and amazing so i really feel like uh spirits lined it up hey um i'm gonna i'm gonna just uh, maybe message you two to the viewer and say, hey, Jacob, if you don't already know each other. Do you know Sharon at all? I, I don't, but, I'm, but I thank you so much. I think, you know, 
a lot of this is networking and uh, acting as messengers and tools and almost angels for this process. I think, you know, we, we separate ourselves with angels as messengers, but as human beings, we could really provide that role. We're here to learn, you know, and to provide the as above, so below sensation. So I thank you for that. That's to me, angelic. That's, yeah. I can't pay that back. That's, that's something I'm always looking to, you know, connect with like-minded people and, uh, you know, because I know there's so many out there who need the message and, you know, while it's growing and the books are coming along with a lot of these people who've had these experiences and even movies, you know, ha have been there. Um, yeah. There's, this is still pretty new. Um, it's still pretty raw, you know, started in the mid nineties. So, you know, I'm excited to, to speak to her. That's, that's yeah, really yeah. Awesome. And I think it's strength in numbers. I'm a, I'm a big believer that, you know, sometimes with our little eye, we think, oh, I'm, I'm the only one doing it, blah, blah, blah. That's rubbish. There's so many people wanting to connect and it's, 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 it's kind of our job, I feel, as, as, as enlightened beings to find and maximise those connections with people who are willing to because we can do so much more together than we can do alone and that's, I think that's why Spirit wanted this show to be daily because obviously Spirit's saying, well, we'd rather have more connections and we'd rather get them out there as soon as possible rather than, you know, string it out. Like, let's get it happening. And, and it's all working out. I know sometimes we have our way of seeing things, but they're 20, 30 steps ahead. And they laugh at our analysis on their request because they already seen everything unfold. And, you know, as you know, when you cross over, time doesn't exist. You're able to see it all as one. Um, and so that's easier said than done for you to trust that and to, to, to do that. And it's amazing, but it, it requires a real passionate individual who puts herself aside and really allows yourself to step into spirit. And, you know, I'm not there yet. You, you're doing it, but it's, but, but thank you for doing that. You know, it's, it's a moment in time. time. I think you're doing a great job. You're doing a lot of stuff inside. I try to. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> hey, what's this stuff about perfection? Let's 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 throw that out the window. We're we're exactly where we need to be uh, every step of the way. Absolutely every step of the way. So yeah. we let ourselves off the hook and not have to do anything perfectly. Um, we're just in that ab absolute, as you said, perfect imperfection, and that's that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got a healing today. Thank you. <laughs> You are welcome. Thank you. I, I've really enjoyed it. And I feel like um, I've definitely gotten to know you so much more, which has been fantastic. And um, hopefully we'll be able to catch up when I go to the States. Hopefully we'll be around when we fly into New York. Um, and we can catch up. That'd yeah. be lovely. Yeah. Right. I, I really look forward to meeting you and your partner and it's going to be exciting. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I know we've been talking about networking, but uh, Good things are to come and hopefully we could try to work something out here you know in new york you know i know you know i'm not sure if it's a vacation or if you're trying to you know also maybe connect but uh i know what will happen will happen and it'll definitely be pretty profound so i'm looking forward to the summertime you know and, and seeing you here yeah. yes i i honestly look you know what <laughs> this is kind of funny how it turned out we were like we really want to go to uh, this is going to sound odd as I describe you our process, but bear with me. 
we really want to go visit our heritage. Um, Tony's uh, heritage is in Ireland. Mm-hmm. My heritage on my father's side is in Scotland. Yeah, okay, let's go. Let's plan that trip. And then we're like, um, well, we'll make sure we go to the UK too because mm-hmm. then, you know, because it's right there. And, yeah, and I've got contacts. So I'd really like to catch up with in Europe. That'd be awesome. And then we're like, okay, um, well, why don't we do a, like, around-the-world tour so that it's cheaper? So you go, you know, Asia, you know, mm-hmm. United States, UK, home. And then we're like, yeah, okay. And then we're like, oh, well, while we're in US, do you want to do the East Coast and the West Coast? <laughs> you can see where this is going. <laughs> oh, my God. And we're like, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Anyway, in the end, we decided that we were just so, so many places that we wanted to go in the USA. We just said, we can't just stop in one. We just have to, oh, my God, we want to go there. We want to go to Niagara Falls. We want to go to Colorado. We want to go to Grand Canyon. Oh, my God. And then so we just went, you know what, let's just drop the UK side of it and just focus on the States because every time we want to do something in the States, someone would say, come and see me. And so you ask me, is this a worky-worky tour or an enlightenment tour or a holiday tour? What is it? I can't tell you. I just know that spirit wants me there and I am open and willing to embrace the opportunities that are presented to me uh, to meet amazing people at the same time. Because for me, I really don't feel like what I'm doing right now feels more like it's my authenticity. It's my reality. It's my real me. It's Mm. not my work. Mm. And I can't feel, I can't, I can't say I'm working when the reality is I do have to, wake up in the morning and begin work but I just honestly I just don't feel it's work so that's my answer to that you're you're gonna be Michelle you know exactly (laughs) so we'll see what spirit wants to serve up and I'm sure we'll know by then because we do know before ahead of time they do give us some kind of warning (laughs) okay good 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 it's it's all gonna be great I'm I'm really looking forward to you know, you know, talking about in the months to come of, you know, what, you know, how we could meet and what's going to go on. And it's, it's terrific. Yeah. Awesome. You chose well, well, thank well you. Yeah. What's that? You chose well with coming here. That was a good choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Well, thank you so much again, Jake. I've, I've had a great time and glad that everybody could be a little voyeur into our conversation, our enlightened conversation that was just awesome. So thanks for joining me and I'm sure there'll be more to come. Thank you so much for having me and uh, you know, we'll touch base soon. It was a great show. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you.